The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Hey, dear ones, it's Dr. Shelley. So I mentioned a while back that I started a new online school. Basically, my travel schedule, as you know, kind of got canceled this year, and so I converted a lot of my classes to the online format, and I have to tell you, this has been a complete joy and a complete blast. You can come on over and check the school out at healingarts.thinkific.com, and there you will find certification programs in Egyptian energy healing, my new Pythagorean healing series, and so much more with new courses being added all the time. And when you take one of my energy healing certification courses, you are invited to come on over to Zoom and join me personally for ongoing Zoom calls. And we have been having a complete blast. We've sent healing light out to people, out to animals, situations, the world, and everything in between. It's a great community, and I want you to join us. So check it out at healingarts.thinkific.com, and I'll look forward to welcoming you to a class very soon. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. All right, so today what we're going to do is I am going to um, talk to you about gem and mineral healing, which is one of my lifelong loves. So we'll do several things in this first segment. I am going to talk to you about how and why I got into this, how and why gem healing works. We'll talk about um, the subtle energy fields within and around the body. And then we'll talk about selecting stones, how to clean stones, and just some broad generalizations about how to do gem healing. And if you're wanting more information about this, the best place to look is my most comprehensive book that I've ever written on this subject, which is Gemstone Journeys, which came out in 2002. And I will leave the link. And I've got another one called um, Gemstone Companions that has even more stones listed in it. And of course, you know me, I cannot do a program without talking about Edgar Casey. And so some of this information is also found in Edgar Casey's Sacred Stones and Edgar Casey's Guide to Gemstones, Minerals, Metals, and More. Lemurian Seeds, and just all the other gem books I've, I've written. So check them out. But meanwhile, um, I hope you enjoy this program. Okay, so I think a lot of the people who watch my channel and listen to my show probably know that I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
back in um, the 60s and 70s. And my father was, at that time, he worked for a company that actually manufactured a lot of the Native American style jewelry that you still see. If you ever go out to like Arizona or some of these uh, Western towns, you'll see these little Stucky stores where they still sell like moccasins and Native American themed things. So you can still see some of these kinds of things, but even these turquoise necklaces that I have here, um, after he left that company, he went and he was the manager of the Kingman and Bisbee turquoise mines, which were in Arizona. And so some of these are very, very old. And um, all I can tell you is as far as turquoise goes, they don't make it like they used to, my friends, I'll tell you that. So um, when I was a kid, once we left New Mexico, we lived in Phoenix. And so we were always out at the turquoise mines on the weekends. And then we lived in Colorado and there's amethyst mines there and we would go gold panning. And so it's really something that, you know, it's just in my blood. This is just what I've been doing my whole life. It's one of my all time loves. Um, I think some of my readers and viewers have been kind of frustrated because I went off into energy healing and past life regression land for a while, but rest assured that um, gem healing is more, it's always felt to me more like a hobby. And I was just very fortunate that I wrote Gemstone Journeys back in the early 2000s. And um, it was endorsed by some big names, Greg Braden and the Edgar Casey Foundation. And through some introductions, I had um, stumbled into getting to do and redo some of the Edgar Casey books on gems and stones. And I have loved that journey so much. So, but how I initially got into the gem healing, because, you know, when you're a kid, you're just walking around in the mountains. You're, you're not really thinking about healing. I mean, you're being exposed to healing and loving energies, obviously, but because that's kind of, you know, to me, that was just the normal thing. And so it wasn't really until adulthood that I started to actually understand that the stones have special vibrations and that they could actually do very, very profound things to the energy fields around the body. I was in uh, Las Vegas, which I've always had really amazing um, spiritual experiences in Las Vegas. Um, and I met a shaman there who was showing me that you could lay a stone on the body and start to feel vibrations. And so let me pick up right here, since this is on uh, Zoom and YouTube, I have to keep stones very close. So this is, I'm gonna try to back up so people can see this, but this is a piece of frosted green fluorite. So this isn't exactly like what I first used, but my friend was like, okay, I'm gonna show you something. Just, okay, sit here, put your hand, cross your hands like this and just lay down and put this on your forehead and just sit there and I'm gonna show you something. And I was thinking to myself, okay, I mean, what's gonna happen here? So I sit there for a minute, of course, nothing is happening. And then all of a sudden I just felt this, this really huge rush of energy. And, and this is kind of how gem healing works. There's nothing and then there's a rush. And then after a while, it just kind of tapers off which we're gonna talk about um, in greater detail here in a little bit. But when I came back from this, I said, oh my gosh, you know, there's something going on here. And he was talking about the ancestors and the fact that, you know, these, these truths, let's just say, you know, they may not be known widely in the Western world, but these are very common um, just facts 
for other cultures. And so when I came home from this experience, I started thinking, wow, you know, I wonder what other things would do. So I would go in and I would start to put other things on my forehead and the stones started to kind of talk to me. And so I would really, I was laying down, I called it meditation, but I was really kind of taking a little nap because the stones just start to relax you and you kind of go off into a little sleep and then you'll kind of wake up. And when I came back from that, I started to know like, this is what this one does. This is what that one does. And so I started creating um, a body of information on that. And then just um, really because someone asked me to teach a class on it. It was kind of an accident. They didn't have anyone else. Here I was. So I said, well, I guess I could do this. And so um, I had a little class in a metaphysical store kind of near the Dallas area where I now live. And then more and more people started coming to the class and just, um, and then I kind of, you know, I guess they say the rest is history. I started writing the things down, not really reading or studying what other people that about it at first, because I don't want to be influenced by what other people are saying necessarily. I mean, there's one thing to do research, but there's another thing, you know, you, you're, this is more like a channeled thing. So I did not want to be influenced by that. But over the years, as I was starting to get introduced to some of the other gem and mineral gurus who are out there, the, my favorite one is Melody who wrote the really amazing encyclopedia is called Love is in the Earth. I can put a link up to that if people don't know what that is. If you don't know what that is, you need to check that out because it's these huge encyclopedias where she's listed every gemstone known to man. And you're thinking, okay, how could she know so many things about these stones? But what was really interesting is that the things that I had come to understand by laying stones on my own head um, when I would read them in her book, for example, we were really along the same lines in a lot of these areas in terms of what these things could actually do. And I think it's because, you know, everything in the known universe has a different vibrational frequency. And so when we are interested in gem healing, um, it's kind of like tuning into a radio station. And so we're going to talk about some different stones um, in, a, in the next segment, but there's just one, let's say like you wanna to listen to jazz and I wanna to listen to classical music. Okay, great, those are different frequencies. So we're just gonna, we're gonna turn our little radio dial to those different frequencies. And then those are the kinds of songs that we're gonna be hearing. And because gemstones are part of our vibrational universe, um, different gemstones will vibrate at different frequencies and thereby they will yield different results. So along those lines, I want to talk about just a little bit about how and why um, the gem works, the gem healing works at all. So I've got to show you first another thing that my friend taught me. Well, yeah, I'll go ahead and show you this thing. Okay, I was trying to decide if we we're going to do this yet. But the other thing he taught me besides putting the fluorite on my head was this idea that this is an amethyst. My, my lighting isn't, you know, it's pretty bright in this little cubicle that I'm in, but um, amethyst is um, a pretty high frequency stone. So he taught me that, you know, we've got these energy fields around the body that um, in my books, I call them the etheric fields. It's really like one big giant field that emanates from your physical body. And so you can use a gemstone. The gemstone's over here vibrating at this frequency and I'm over here maybe doing this. So we can start to introduce the gemstone into our own field, either by laying it on 
or we can start doing what he was showing me, which is just to give ourselves an energetic bath. And an amethyst, we're going to get into this, the colors in a while, but amethyst is a very high frequency because it's vibrating at the violet ray. And so it can really, if you just run an amethyst through your field, it removes a lot of unwanted influences. And at the time, I guess I, I wasn't years ago as consciously aware as I am now of how sensitive I am to energy. But when I felt this, I started thinking, wow, I feel that this is amazing. And so this is kind of how gem healing works is that it's working with you to help you remove unwanted influences because what can happen is that you know we're born into this life um, i believe that we made a plan about what we were going to experience before we arrived on this earth plane and within that you know i don't care who you are um, you have challenges in your life we all do. And all of our challenges may be different, but if we're born into a life, I, I believe we sign up for certain kinds of challenges because we're trying to learn lessons and go through different experiences as part of our growth. And so what ends up happening is you get these energetic blockages in this field around the body and or in the chakra centers, which we'll talk about in a minute. And after a while, this can start to just kind of bog you down. And so energy healing of all kinds but particularly with the gems and stones can just be so helpful because you can either, you know, you could meditate, you could try other forms of energy healing such as Reiki, but with the gem healing, it's a little bit, I mean, I don't want to say passive, but it's just happening. Like even when I'm wearing jewelry, there's a frequency being emitted that is benefiting my energy system. Likewise, if I'm going to run a stone through my field, it's also going to be beneficial. And so I feel like it's a tool that we can use. I mean, certainly if I wanted to sit in meditation and work on consciousness, raising and deep breathing and yoga and all the other wonderful things we can do, those are also helping us to enliven these feels around the body and bring us into a state of perfection. However, the gems are just extra tools that are there to energetically support um, well-being and balance. And so they are fun to work with because they're so beautiful and everything. So the other aspect, in addition to these fields around the body, of course, are the chakras. So I brought this, this is, now these are not actual gems, but I got this um, in Spain a while ago and I, oh, I can use this on this video. So this little bracelet has all the colors in the rainbow spectrum that are representational of the chakras in our body starting with the base of the spine, which is red. That is the root chakra, the sacral chakra, which is just a couple inches below your navel, which is the seat of creativity, the solar plexus chakra at the convergence of your rib cage, which is vibrating at the golden ray. The green ray is our heart center. The blue ray is the throat center so we can communicate our truth. The third eye is the amethyst, which is the violet ray. And then of course we've got our crown center, which is white or violet. And so these colored energy centers, um, the idea behind them really started in the Indian culture and in the Eastern thought, but we've come to really be able to identify these on certain kinds of photography that there really are energy vortexes in the body. And likewise, the way our outer field can get bogged down, 
these inner energies can get bogged down as well. And so these colored stones in particular, which are my personal favorite, I mean, I love crystals too, but most of my books have been talking about the colored stones. And I think that one of the reasons why I've always been really, really attracted to them is because the vibrant colors are working within these colors that were, are within ourselves. And so when we, again, introduce, for example, yes, if I introduce the amethyst into the third eye area, this is opening up that chakra center as well and removing unwanted influences. And it's, they're just so vibrant. And when we think of ourselves, you know, we all have stress, we all have challenges. Sometimes things are going great. And then sometimes, you know, they're just not going as well. And when we can work with these beautiful colored creations from our creator and work with them in this way, it can really help to enliven the energy body. So, all right. Now, I would like to talk to you about something very fun and kind of interesting. How am I going to select a stone? This is a discussion that I have in every single gem class. And I wish we were all together in person because what we would do is I would be walking around the room, passing out stones and trying to get you to properly select a stone. And when I say properly, let me preface this by saying there is no right or wrong way to select a stone. There is no right or wrong in gem healing. It's whatever you're guided to do, whatever you're attracted to, that is the first thing. So when we're talking about attraction, here, for example, I have some amethysts. Okay, so this is how we normally select a stone. Let's say you're walking through the store, which we're not doing a lot of these days, but we're gonna get back to it, I know. You'll come up to the selection and go, ooh, that's so pretty. And you look at it, ah, so beautiful and wonderful. And then you'll you be like, oh, and you just toss this thing aside. Ah. Oh, you know, and you'll just keep doing this, right? Because you're visually tuning into something. I mean, that's fine and that's wonderful. But in gem healing, I would prefer if we're not looking at it with our eyes, let's just say, we're looking at it with our soul, with our energy field, that the best way to select a stone, if you can, I mean, if we're wearing a piece of jewelry, obviously we need to look at it, but I'm saying if you're gonna use a stone for healing, the best way would be just to come in here and just pick up the first thing that your energy is attracted to rather than your visual eye is attracted to. And I might look at this and go, okay, doesn't look that good. Then we're, of course, always tempted to come back and go, that doesn't look that good. Maybe, ooh, wow, that's nice. You know, we'll come back and get another one. If you want to get both of them, great. And, you know, you're always free to pick gems however you like. But I do get this question a lot. So, but I guess some people have wanted me over the years to select their stones for them. I still believe that you are the best person to select your own stones. Again, even if you're looking at its visual beauty, um, that's fine, but the other aspect of it is the feeling of it. And while I do a lot of intuitive work where I, you know, I offer stones to the public and I'll put packages together for people based on 
what I've intuited they need. But the other aspect of it is that if you could do it yourself, that's still the best way. And just, you know, people don't really need to consult me about that. That's what I want to say. That doesn't mean I wouldn't like to be consulted. But again, you are your own best judge, let's say. I don't know if I like the word judge, but you know what I mean? You know what's best for you. So just use your intuition, which a lot of it needs to be unconscious. This is conscious and this is unconscious. So that is how to take us down. Okay. Okay, great. Next up, the other way we could work with stones. Um, now I have a very sore and sad example of one of these, but this is, um, <laughs> I don't know if sore is a good word, but this is a pendulum <laughs> that I made. I am a huge fan of pendulums, but I didn't have, normally a pendulum, I call it rock on a rope. And this should be like a pointed, normally a pointed, crystal that's been carved into a point and we stick it on a chain but I didn't have that so I decided to make this which is just some beads I put together and that way I can have two different energies on each end but a pendulum can be used also to help us get in touch with what stones we need so let's say I was trying to choose between this one and this one so we could take them one at a time I like to ask yes or no questions so the pendulum is working with the subconscious mind and we could Kind of say, is it okay to ask these questions? I have trained my pendulum over the course of many years that it is going to swirl. A yes answer is in the counter or in, in the clockwise direction. So am I supposed to take this one? And it's telling me no. So it's swirling now in the counterclockwise direction. That's actually a cute one, too bad. And so then I'm gonna say, now I'm gonna pick up this one. Is it okay to take this one? And let's just see, okay. This is wonderful. So this is swirling in the clockwise direction, which for me means yes. If you want to know more about how to train the pendulum, I probably need to do some videos on that, but you can also read about it in my um, Edgar Casey's Egyptian energy healing book. And there is a section on it also in gemstone journeys. You can use a chart and some people will hold the pendulum between the thumb and the first finger. You can make the pendulum say yes, like back and forth and no is this way. But for me, it's always been a circular motion. And I, I got really kind of hooked on pendulums for a while. <laughs> I, I do a lot of muscle testing, you know, where I'm testing the strength of muscles to know what I should do. Like, should I take these vitamins today or those vitamins and things like that? Um, so it's kind of one of my favorite tools. I try not to use it too much, but if you need to make decisions about what gems are right for you or other, like, again, nutrition is a great one. What, what vitamins do I need to be taking? What foods do I need to be eating at this time for optimal health and things like that? Then a pendulum is a really fun tool. And it's another way that you can work with your gemstones, um, depending on what kind of stone you use, if it feels good to you. Again, just using your intuition to select the stone that feels right to you. But it's a fun way to do it. So. All right, so a little bit more on gem healing and the gem healing basics. Again, we need to begin by reminding you, there is not a right or wrong. Can gems do harm? No, they cannot. I get a lot of questions about, can I use this one and this one at the same time? If you feel that that's what you need to do, then I say yes. There could be different 
frequencies going on and things like that. But if it feels good to you, then I say yes. Okay, so I told you a minute ago that to get the energy moving, when I train energy healing practitioners, you know, um, we obviously don't get together in person much anymore. But back in the day, you know, everybody used to have a massage table. And so in my Reiki class, we were always taught, you know, I'm going to fluff up people's energy field using my hands and maybe sending the Reiki healing to these fields that I was talking about earlier around the body, just to kind of get the energy moving, because that's what the whole goal of energy healing is, is that you're stuck and we need to kind of expand this energy field um, so that we can rid stresses in our life. And so by the same token, this thing that my friend called it an energy bath when we wave stones over the body through these energy fields we're actually enlivening the field and theoretically if I let's say you were on a massage table which again I don't do a lot of that anymore I could just be kind of engaging your field and I could be sending the energy up and down just kind of imagining that it's moving and you're feeling relaxed etc cetera, etc cetera and just kind of getting things moving. Um, and then the other aspect, once we get the initial energy moving, then we can start working with the chakra centers within the body by laying on stones. We could lay stones directly on the body. That will work. Um, as I mentioned at the very beginning, and especially when I used to work with people a lot in person, in-person sessions, which I do so little of now, um, I would have people on the massage table and that's back in the old days, folks, like 20 years ago, frequencies are shifting and time is kind of changing now. So things don't necessarily take as long as they used to, but usually someone would book an hour session. They'd be laying on the massage table. And so initially I might have them face down on the massage table. I might start just laying, here's their back. Let's just pretend I might just start laying stones on the back. And then I could just be sending my Reiki or I could, they, I could lay stones down the spine and then I could just be using amethyst or any other stone. What if I feel like, okay, I'm grabbing something. This is my little sight. This is an angelic stone. Okay, so let's say I'm just getting, oh, I need to pick this up. Okay, great. I put the amethyst down, but stones are still laying on the person's back. I could then be just waving different stones. It doesn't have to be anything like this. I could take a little teeny tiny stone and I could just be moving that over their field. The intention, you know, behind all healing is really what is important. So the frequencies of even the smallest stone, my intention is I want these frequencies to go into this person's energy field. And so I'm going to send them there. Now these days, um, and a lot of the new healing methods that I'm teaching, like the Edgar Cayce's Egyptian energy healing and the Pythagorean healing, um, those energy systems, unlike the way I used to teach 20 years ago, instead of working initially on these outer fields, the energy, the symbol, the symbology of these systems is going straight through the crown center, through the interior of the body and kind of illuminating the cellular aspects of the person from the inside out. And so even when we're working like that, um, a lot of times back even last year when I could still go out in public, <laughs> um, 
you know, I would go to a psychic fair and I was doing a lot of energy healing and I'm doing gem healing right alongside all of the other stuff that I'm doing because somebody could be sitting here. I, I might be sending symbols. And meanwhile, once I'm done, I might be, again, normally they're sitting in a chair because I'm sending symbols through their crown center, which is at the top of the head, sending symbology down. Then I might want to engage the top of their head while I, again, maybe I, I've got, I've always got rocks when I'm out of the show, I can assure you. And then I might just pick up a stone and just run that over them as well. Because all of these things are just bringing a different level of healing to the person. And they can all be really, really easily integrated. But again, on those lines, um, like for my own self-healing, there's not a day that goes by in my life when I'm not um, giving myself a gem healing. And I also, <laughs> I call it a power nap because the truth is I do still get so relaxed that if I lay down for a few minutes, I'll lay some stones and I'll usually, I might put one on my forehead. Sometimes I like to lay stones in my hands, shut my hands because your, your palms, you know, have chakra centers in there, lay them on my throat, you know, maybe lay them on my legs or whatever. And then I just kind of lay down and invariably I will go to sleep. So why does that happen? I believe it's because, again, we are over here at this level. It's over here at this level. We're kind of trying to get into this energetic rapport with the stone. So we kind of both start flowing at the same level because all of the stones, the vibrational frequencies of them, it's like riding these frequency waves. And as those two start to come into alignment, that's still explains even the first time I ever experienced this. I don't feel a thing at first. I think this sounds insane. And then if I just am patient for a couple of minutes, all of a sudden you just start to feel this. And that's kind of the alignment that's happening between, let me look at my, my assistant here, um, the amethyst. That's kind of when the alignment between yourself and the stone is actually going to start to happen. And so you start to get into this alignment and to me, it really is like we're riding a frequency wave. So we're, we're down here. It's almost like riding the surf, you know, in the ocean. We're on our little boogie board because I'm not a surfer. Here comes the wave. Oh, it's so relaxing. And then these are the sound effects. I hope you like them. And so the wave kind of peaks and valleys. And then when that valley energy happens, it's almost like we don't feel that anymore. And if you're laying down, that's what causes you kind of to get up. And as a broad generalization, again, um, over the years, I believe that most of the time for most stones, it's going to depend on the frequency level. This riding of the wavelength would take maybe about 20 minutes which is a perfect time for you to get some rest. You know, they have clinically proven that people will live longer if they just take a power nap. So I was actually going to start something called Citizens for Siesta <laughs> because I do like power naps. But if I'm doing gem healing, then I can at least act like I'm doing something very evolved and wonderful. So I recommend it and give it a try. And again, there's no right or wrong. You feel like you want to use a couple here today, um, this or that, just whatever you've got around, whatever feels good to you, you just have to go by the feeling of how it makes you feel and it needs to be making you feel wonderful. And there's just a lot of benefits. You don't even really know 
what they all are. You're just going to wake up from this feeling refreshed and feeling like you're ready to go. Then likewise, if you're like me and you are a healer and you want to go out and do this for others, um, there's still an aspect of, okay, when I first started this, I've got people coming in for like Reiki. This was back in the very, very early days. And I heard this little, I literally heard in the inner voice, an amethyst go, pick me up. And I was like, excuse me, pick me up. And I'm looking around going, if I pick this up, and start doing what I feel like I'm supposed to do here. I hope this lady doesn't wake up. She's going to think this is crazy. So part of it is, yeah, you have to start listening and just trying it. So I picked it up. I started giving her the energy bath like I had been taught. And then, of course, she comes back and says, my gosh, that was amazing. And again, the rest is history. So if you have somebody and you want to work on them, whether they're sitting in a chair or whether you have, maybe you're a massage therapist and you want to use a massage table, um, there's a couple ways. You can either just use your intuition and just start pulling, again, more energetically, more the way you watched me select a stone a little while ago, just very unconsciously conscious. And or another um, strategy could be, let's say the person's getting ready to come in for the healing. You could have them um, back in the day when they used to come to my office, I had stones all over the place. I'd say, if you feel drawn, go over and pick up a few stones and bring them over here. And then there's their little collection. And then I know that this is the collection that they, again, like I said before, they are energetically drawn to it. So therefore they can then use the stones um, that they were actually picking for themselves, which is really powerful. So that would work also. All right. The other aspect, obviously wearing jewelry. Um, obviously I've got stones on and, you know, Edgar Casey, the world's greatest psychic gave a ton of readings to people amongst these 14,000 plus life readings that he did for people while in a deep state of trance, he would recommend stones to people for health reasons and or because he knew that these stones were actually going to vibrationally shift their energy such that things from their past lives would begin to get resolved. And so a lot of the Casey readings, he was giving very specific instructions to people. And a lot of it was talking about this idea that these stones really should be touching the skin and not just here. Now, obviously I'm trying to wear jewelry here. So you know, you wouldn't be able to see them if, you know, if I didn't, I had them under the shirt, but even if they're on top, they're still emitting a frequency wave that's moving out into these fields around the body. If I wear the rings, um, Casey also talked about, yeah, some of them, this is my favorite Texas topaz here. This one, for example, has an open back, which I don't know if you can see, but that sometimes these open back stones set so that the stone will lay on the skin, those can be good. But again, I mean, we don't need to get that caught up in going, oh, I need to make sure this is right, this is right. No, because again, I think part of it is like, you need to be attracted to the jewelry that you're wearing. It's, it's calling to you for a reason. And even if it was just a, a a silver chain or some other piece of jewelry. It doesn't have to even be gemstones. I really feel like the soul is attracted to the things that it needs at the moment. 
And so we don't need to get too caught up in that, but just know that even wearing rings and necklaces or whatever it is, your guided earrings or whatever you like, um, whether they're touching the skin or not, they're still beaming out into the fields around you and they are shifting your energy. Okay. Next, um, I do have to talk about, you know, on my website, um, over the years, I've gotten in the habit of just selling a lot of tumbled stones, like this tumbled amethyst. You know, I sell little sets of tumbled stones. And sometimes I go through phases where I'll sell jewelry also, but no matter what I'm selling, I'm always going to have the tumbled stones available. Why? Because this is really helpful to people. And also because I know we've got a lot of ladies who love the metaphysical things, but I have a lot of guys and, you know, guys are not going to wear jewelry. I mean, they're just not going to, but they love to carry rocks around. And so they don't have to tell their employer, you know, but the, I'll come up to them and they'll, I'll, they'll go, oh, I saw you 10 years ago. And they'll reach in their pocket and go, look, I've got this spin in my wallet ever since you gave it to me. And I was like, oh, how wonderful, you know, because they, they want to be in on this too. So I've just always gotten in the habit of working with the tumble stones. I like them because... I think that when we have so much stress in our lives, which you know we do um, from any various numbers of things, it's just so wonderful. You know how they have those worry stones, but all of these, they're just nice. We can rub them and just kind of, ah, just makes you feel good. You know, so I like them. You Ladies, you can keep them in your purse. Some people will put them under their pillow at night or you know, when I sleep, I mean, at night, et cetera, I've got rocks all over the place. So, you know, sometimes I roll over on them and get myself <laughs> bruise my back or whatever. Um, I'm very strange, but the tumble stones at least are very gentle and you can take them anywhere with you. In our next segment, we're going to get into the actual healing properties of them. And then you'll understand even more why certain ones are ones that you would want to have around with you always. So I like tumbled stones. But again, as mentioned before, just like the jewelry I'm wearing now is emanating a vibrational frequency, if this amethyst, it doesn't even need to be near me, it could just be sitting in the office. Let's say I took it to the office. You know, I get a lot of calls from people saying, um, I cannot take it at work anymore. I know that didn't happen to anyone here though. But if it is, um, one solution to challenges in the workplace if we can ever go back to work, some of us aren't even back to work yet, but let's say we were, you can bring stones and nobody needs to know that you're, you know, woo. I call us the woo-woos. So they don't need to know that, but you could just have this amethyst. It could just be sitting on your desk. And, you know, there's a way we can program intentions. We can say, you know, your job is to help just really calm energy around me and that everyone who comes to see me is going to feel really relaxed and supported. Okay, great. So People just come in and, you know, you start to kind of set these kinds of intentions with the stone being a focal point for you. And then you start to have the law of attraction working for you because that's one of the ways these stones work. They're vibrating at different frequencies, like I said, like the radio station. And if you're playing classical music in your cubicle at work through this stone, let's say as an analogy, then it just brings a loving frequency that just draws people in and just makes people feel very at ease and very relaxed around you. And different stones are doing different things. So it doesn't have to be right with you. It just can be anywhere in the room. And it's just know that it's, it's just doing the work 
at this kind of subconscious level that you can set the intention and then you don't have to think about it a lot. It's just helping you at the unseen level. And bringing up that point, you know, I've always believed that the gem world is kind of illuminated by magical fairy folk, which, you know, some people can buy into that more than others, but I feel like we have spirit guides and angels and helpers all around us. And that these devas or these, you know, fairy folk, which is what I like to call them, but they are connected with these stones. And so there's just unseen help that the creator, in my opinion, brings to us through all means and through different ways. That's really one of the reasons why um, I wanted to write the Sacred Stones book is because, you know, gems and minerals have been an important part of religions and indigenous cultures and civilizations, and even a part of our own Bible, Christians, for, you know, thousands of years and beyond, because the creator put these things here as tools to help us on our path. And again, because they are just so nurturing and healing. And so I just encourage you to enjoy your gemstones, play around with it, and have fun. We'll be right back. Hey friends, I want you to check out my Past Life Lady YouTube channel that has tons of free videos that teach you how to do all kinds of things from energy healing, gem and mineral healing. I've got guided imagery up there for you. So check it out. Just go over to YouTube and type the words past life lady in the search bar and hit subscribe. And I'll look forward to welcoming you over to my channel today. Welcome back to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Care. You can visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. We did it. You've been through part one of my gem healing course. I hope you enjoyed it. So just remember that if you want to actually see me talking about it, to go check out my YouTube channel. And meanwhile, next week, we're going to get into more of the basics on gem healing. And then the final episode, which will be episode three of season three, um, I will talk about the healing properties of some of the stones. Alrighty. So again, let me wish you a very blessed Thanksgiving. And just know that I know we're all going through so many difficulties right now. Please hang in there. Please take care of yourself. I promise you that things are going to get better. Everything is changing in every single moment that we're alive. And we are going to get through this together. I promise you. So I can't wait to talk to you again. And until that time, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Namaste.
coming up on the next episode of Healing Arts. My gem healing class continues. So stay tuned as we cover all of the basics of everything you're going to need to know to tap into this ancient wisdom that has been used by indigenous cultures and civilizations for centuries on the next episode of Healing Arts. Hey friends, it's Dr. Shelley. If you are experiencing anxiety, depression, or trauma, check out my book, Meet Your Karma, The Healing Power of Past Life Memories. This is a book filled with amazing case histories of clients who have successfully healed their anxiety and trauma, and it has a lot of guided journeys in it designed to help you get through these challenging times. Click on my website at pastlifelady.com, follow the book links, and check out Meet Your Karma, The Healing Power of Past Life Memories today. Hey, my friend, have you known your pet in a past life? Well, believe it or not, a lot of people have. You can check out case histories and find out more about your connections to your little fuzzballs in my book, Past Lives with Pets. Check it out and find out today. <laughs>